So Peter, it's been a really difficult five weeks. Um, before we talk about your most recent experience, could you please describe what your life was like at the beginning of 2022? What were you thinking? Were you preparing for an invasion? Mm, actually, um, I talked to my father a lot about that invasion. We just discussed uh, discussing all of that and uh, we um, we understood that that sh that might happen. Like that there is very high probability of that invasion, actually. And uh, I was I haven't expected. My father said that it can be invasion with like, uh, and they will go uh, like trying to occupy uh, the capital. But I, I was, uh, you know, I thought that they will just go and uh, try to do something with the uh, south part of Ukraine, you know, to, um, but I haven't expected they'll do that, that, you know, they'll just go uh, and trying to occupy Kiev. But uh, yeah, but I, I was expecting that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I was uh, preparing for that because I, I'm living in Western Ukraine, actually. I don't know. Um, it's like very close to the Poland, actually. It's like, um, like 30 minutes ride to, to Poland. So it's, um, it's really close. I, uh, yes, it's really close to the NATO border. So I just, I was thinking that I can't do anything right now. Um, yeah, but I was expecting that invasion actually. Mm -hmm. Why did you think it might happen in the South? Yeah, I was thinking in that way because, um, um, like eight years ago, uh, Russia occupied Crimea and uh, they also uh, occupied some territories in the eastern Ukraine. And my thought was really that it's very important for Russia to actually to uh, somehow uh, not like uh, to have some pass from 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 the Crimea to that second occupied territory in the, in the Donbass area. So I'm just thinking that it is really strategically important for them. Uh, to to connect these two occupied territories, and they also have the occupied territory in Moldova, and that's why I was thinking that we'll just uh, try to connect all of that territories uh, in the south of Ukraine and occupying some of the cities like Odessa. And uh, that, uh, but I, I haven't expected they'll go kill. So when you moved to the capital, you yeah. actually felt like that was. A, a good, smart, secure decision for your own mm. safety? Actually, I was not really, um, I was thinking that um, that invasion might happen, but if if something will just happen, I'll, I'll just able to, to go back uh, easily. So um, I, I was thinking that there will there is some, like you know, small probability of uh, uh, that that Kiev will be occupied, but I was thinking that I'll just move to Kiev and I can just move back easily. So um, that's why I, I wasn't really concerned about moving to Kiev. Uh, honestly, yeah. was your father concerned? Um, was your father concerned? Um, not really. No, he 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 said that it can be some uh, some you know something bad uh, happening. But uh, he also, I guess, he expected that I'll be able to evacuate uh, from the Kiev. 
when, when something happened. So uh, tell me what your reaction was on February 24th. Mm. You probably heard the bombing very early in the morning. Um, actually, um, the the one thing is that uh, I moved from back from Kiev like uh, two months before invasion started. Just this this was my plan actually to go to Kiev oh. for half a year, um, just to see the capital and everything. You know, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't go back just because uh, the invasion started. You know, I, I would just go back because I had such okay. a plan that I just want to visit Kiev to live there for some time and just go back. And uh, luckily, I went back like a couple months before that started. Just tell me what your the last five weeks have been like for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, um, I was, my initial thought was actually uh, to stay in Ukraine and help uh, people, you know, what, what, what I can do, I, I'll just do here, you know, I wasn't really, I was scared, like, at the first uh, couple of days, and I was thinking how we can, but, but, but then, then I just realized that Ukrainian army controls the situation more or less you know it's not like full control but still it's not like uh, everything is r really bad and that's why i decided just to stay here uh we're still really close to uh, to poland so i was able to to go there but i was thinking that maybe it's better to stay here and help people uh, uh i wasn't you know um mm, doing something related to, you know, something related to the military. Uh, I was just uh, doing some volunteering. Actually, uh, my family and I uh, were preparing some um, sandwiches and some meals for people that were evacuating from uh, from Ukraine to Poland because we had a lot of uh, a mm -hmm. lot of cars in in our city. And it's like it was really like big, uh, a lot of traffic and a lot of, uh, you know, like a 30 kilometers line uh with the you know uh, autos mm. and uh, a lot of people were just here and um, we we decided to help somehow with with the food and that's that's what we did in the first days um and uh, yeah i also were helping uh, to organize self-defense uh, in my uh, hometown, in, but uh, this organization wasn't require uh, won't require anything related. You know, it's just like an organizational work. You know. So since that first week, tell me what the last month has been like for you. What have you been doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, as I said, in the first week, uh, we, we were volunteering a little bit and. Uh, um, but um, recently I was just uh, um, doing some, um, I was like fighting in the cyber front, if you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know, I don't like to talk much about that. Uh, it's kind of confidential, but I, I, I would just want to say that I'm, I have experience in programming and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And I was decided to uh, to help in, in that um in that front actually and uh also i was um, donating some some money to you know volunteer and organization and that kind of stuff um 
also are like arguing with with people on the internet i don't know if it's like a lot but i i think it's informational war which is also <laughs> you know important i guess uh have you as you've been working on the cyber aspect of this were you using skills that you already had honed or did you have to learn some new things no that's that's uh, the skills that i already have before i'm doing i was starting doing data science i was uh working as a web developer so i, I have a pretty good experience in developing apps mm -hmm. developing websites and uh I know how it works and uh, I can, you know, help uh, people without any additional learning, you know. So, um, Peter, we've had to uh, postpone this interview twice. Can you please tell us about what caused the uh, cancellations and, and what those experiences were like for you? Yeah, actually, I canceled the interviews because we, in my area, we had this IR rate uh, sirens. And uh, during, I'm, I'm, Peter, I'm, st I'm trying to stay safe, and that's why during these air sirens, uh, uh, I uh, go to the first floor. Uh, I'm actually living in in the house with the two floors, and I'm just going uh, down uh, on the ground floor, and uh, just staying in the corridor because we don't have any windows in the corridor, and it's more or less safe compared to the other rooms and that's why i was uh, i uh, i, I uh, you know uh skipped that meeting yeah so tell me the pattern of these air raids what time do they usually happen is it predictable yeah, um, i wouldn't say they're predictable they aren't predictable at all uh, but uh, the pattern is actual that they are happening like couple times a day that's 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 all i can say they sometimes we have it like once a day sometimes like three times a day but in general something uh, something like that and uh, sometimes they're happening during the night so i'm also just waking up and just go to mm. to the first floor yeah and are you but living with your parents yeah yeah i'm living with my parents right now how have these very unpredictable and frightening occurrences affected your health? Mm. Uh, actually, I had a uh, temperature a little bit higher than the normal temperature for the first two weeks. I didn't. I don't know mm -hmm. why. I can say I was. I visited the, the doctor, and he he also said it's. I don't. He didn't know what's what what just happened. Uh, I wouldn't say that I had a depression or something. I was just like, I, I was concerned about everything that's uh, that's going on, you know. But um, I don't know. I I just had a temperature in like 37 Celsius. Well, uh, when normal temperature is 36.6, it's like a little bit higher than a normal. It, mm, but still, it's it's uh, it was weird and uh, yeah. I, I would just. Uh, um, I was just staying at home, and it, uh, and after two weeks, it's uh, I got a normal temperature, body temperature. Have you yeah, been able to it, sleep? Yeah, yeah. In, in general, I was I, I felt okay. Just uh, just a little bit higher temperature. On the first day, it was actually like thirty thirty nine. 
and then just dropped to 37 and it was last for for two weeks uh, 37 uh, celsius but i I haven't felt anything any side effects or something like that i just felt okay just with this weird temperature Mm -hmm. yeah but um, i was I was worried for the couple first couple of days because I didn't really know what's going to happen next, you know. But when after a couple of first days, I realized that, um, you know, we, we have support from the West and that's that's really important in our, you know, in our current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's then I was. So, Peter, as you, you know, watched. Go ahead. As you watched all the people leave your city and cross the border, mm-hmm. what were you thinking about your own situation? Have you considered leaving Ukraine? Uh, no. Mm, no, I haven't. I, I didn't have any anything. I didn't have such such thoughts to to leave Ukraine. I was I was thinking that I just want to stay here and help help people. Uh, while, while I'm staying in Ukraine. And do you understand why other people are leaving? Yeah, yeah. Actually, m- most of the people I'm, uh, that I uh, I saw, they're actually from the eastern Ukraine. And they, you know, they don't have where to live here, actually. So they just decided to, to go outside. And, yeah, and that was really, you know, uh, intense uh, fighting. How would say it uh, in the, in the eastern Ukraine? So that's why uh, I understood uh, why they decided to evacuate. But in my area, it's more or less safe compared to the eastern regions of Ukraine. Though every day it's I mean it's so unpredictable. Your your city has had quite a few attacks lately, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, um, even if we have these attacks, I I don't know. I I wasn't. I didn't have any thoughts to evacuate from Ukraine. I, I didn't have such thoughts. Do you think it helps that? Uh... That you have a secure place with your parents to live. Do you think that influenced your decision? Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually uh, mostly why it's why I decided to stay here because we we have a we have a you know house with uh, very close to to the Poland and uh, I think it's it's more or less safe right now. Yeah. So have you been able to work during this last month? Yeah, actually, first couple of weeks I was just uh, volunteering a little bit, and they, that's why I wasn't be able to work. But after that, uh, after first two weeks, and on the third week I started working, and I'm work like almost full time. I work. It's it's I some, sometimes interrupts uh, when I uh, have this ire sirens, but in general I I was able to work. Wow. Wow. So you, you're able to concentrate and yeah. um, work effectively despite these interruptions. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's amazing. Um, um, how much do you listen to the news? 
Yeah, um, I don't actually listen to the news that much. I usually read uh, the news from the uh, from the internet. Usually, I'm using the Telegram uh, Messenger and some of the groups from the Telegram. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just decided to stick with a couple of the groups just. Uh, because it's kind of overwhelming when I'm trying to uh, read a lot, uh, like r read about everything. I just concentrate in a small, a small portion of that. And uh, yeah, like each day I'll a uh, couple times a day just open the uh, the news and read what's what's happening. Have you been in touch with any of your university friends or? Um other friends and what what they're doing and feeling during this time i actually were talking to to the my university friends actually uh, I, I was talking but mostly um how we can prepare molotov cocktails <laughs> i don't know we were weren't talking that much about uh about how do we feel but uh we um <laughs> We were donating some money and uh, organizing uh, all of that, and uh, I don't know, just uh, uh, more like uh, our talks were mostly about uh, something that we need to do and how we can help. You know, that's that kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so, what are your thoughts these days about how you can help? Yeah, um, currently I. Uh, I spent some time uh, working on the cyber phone actually, and uh, this one of the things. Uh, the second is I'm actually trying to um, donate some money, which is also important, I guess. And uh, the third is I'm actually um, trying to understand what what what's happening uh, in Ukraine and in Russia and. Uh, um, what we're gonna do next? That's that's what I'm thinking right now, and uh, um, I'm you know investigating that topics, uh, reading some articles mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And are you working with anyone to try to figure this out, or do you? Are you, is it kind of a an independent investigation? No, it's it's independent investigation. Actually, that's. Um, uh, to be clear, I actually uh, what what I mean is actually I uh, uh, watched some interviews of uh, Russian people uh, and trying to understand the way of the way they think and trying to analyze um, uh, some comments on the internet, trying to talk to some Russian. I was, um, on, on, for example, I was talking to people on Reddit a lot with Russians, actually, and trying to understand what mm -hmm. they think and um, to just understand what's going on in in, uh, in their heads, basically, and why, uh, what percentage actually supports what's going on, what's not supports, what, uh, you know, and I'm trying to, to analyze all of that and trying to, to um, build some attitude and what what uh, what to do and uh, uh, what what are we what we're gonna do after uh, after all of that uh, will end. Uh, what are we gonna do uh, with uh, in general with with Russians? I mean. Mm -hmm. 
what is the attitude should be and uh, and have you, know. you found um yeah, go ahead yeah have you found much diversity among the people you've been corresponding with on reddit um yeah yeah that i actually uh i don't talk too much uh there are different groups on reddit and uh i don't usually talk to in in the groups where just a lot of russian bots and that uh, that kind of stuff i'm not really interested into you know talking to to the people it's it's really i understand what what's what's um you know what's what um how propaganda influenced uh, the way of thinking. I'm, I'm usually talking to people that are um, more or less uh, understand what's going on. And uh, uh, yeah, and th that's why I would say that there are some diversity uh, of meanings in Russia, but still, uh, usually people in the West and uh, people that are not from Ukraine and Russia, uh, they usually underestimate the amount of people that really supports what's going on here uh, and uh, supports the regime, supports uh, the warrants, all of that. that yeah. uh, but still, even among the, the people that are against the war, they don't really understand uh, who started this war. You know, so, so it's even though there are some people that are really mm -hmm. don't support the war, they still don't really have the understanding uh, um, that Russia actually started that war and uh, invaded Ukraine. Uh, so, yeah, mm -hmm. we have a lot of things to do and uh, we, we need to educate people uh, uh, mm -hmm. around the world about what's going on and uh, and share you know, I think we need to share the, what we, we know and uh, to help people understand what's going on here. Peter, do you anticipate um, writing about this or speaking about it in some way? How do you think you're going to convey what you've learned? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I actually, I'm thinking to, to write something about that, but I would do that anonymously. So I'm not... Uh, I'm not really interested into, you know, uh, doing some kind of speech or something. I'm just thinking to write and to validate my thoughts with the people from Ukraine, from Russia, mm -hmm. and to consolidate mm -hmm. uh, what uh, and to understand uh, what is behind all of that. Because there are a lot of uh, historical background in all of that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, just I'm just doing that investigation, and, and I'll I'll probably share my thoughts, but it won't be anonymous, I guess. I I think that sounds like a really wonderful idea. I have a question. I I hope I can articulate it clearly. Do you have a sense of whether or not there's much of an intersection between how you were trained at university and how you are approaching the current situation um, by in the way that you're gathering information? It's a very interesting question, actually. Um, I wouldn't say that uh, uh, that um, that that um, the way I'm approaching and um, analyzing the information that uh, um, university have much uh, a lot of influence on that 
I think uh, uh, the the influence on that uh, actually my my the the, the whole uh, industry I would say not not just university but uh, data science and all of that I actually think that my experience in general have some influence uh, in that and I'm I'm uh, I found that I uh, uh, also rely a lot on the numbers that uh, and I'm trying to be unbiased and trying to uh, um, yeah. because it's very important to be unbiased and not, not just uh, I mean in a data science if you're doing some report and you know doing something you, you, you need to be unbiased in all of that and to uh, with a cold mind analyzing uh, all of the uh, uh, you know uh, all of the facts and that's why mm, when I'm doing all that, I feel that uh, it's it's really you know there are some similarities in my in my work and uh, in uh, in yeah in my work I guess yeah. So maybe what's happening is you're you're treating these various people in Russia as data points, mm. <laughs> and then I don't know, but I, let me just play yeah. around with it, and that you're treating what you see as propaganda as invalid data. Is that accurate? I think most of that, not, I don't, I don't uh, think in that way. Uh, um, I want to say that um, I'm having that approach of analyzing the data, um, but I, um, mm, Usually people, if they analyze some facts, they usually make some logical mistakes. And that's why I mostly rely not on the data points and, you know, uh, the, um, the propaganda versus not propaganda, like fake with real information. I usually mm -hmm. rely on the logic and uh, uh, the way I'm analyzing all that, I'm, oh. I'm trying to... Uh, to be, uh, you know, unbiased and to be like really rely on only on the facts and on the logic and the way I validate these facts are also based on the logic uh, and uh, yeah. So it's within propaganda that you see uh, illogical conclusions, yeah. correct? Yeah. And that's how you determine whether it's true or not. Right, yeah. Okay, because one thing that's really impressed me in our conversation is your ability to function and to stay even in the midst of a crisis. And perhaps that has something to do with the way you've been trained and the way your mind might naturally work. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person I like science a lot actually and that's why I'm I'm the type of person that would with a cold mind analyze what's happening and I will not blame uh, people for nothing but if I blame people I, I just blame them uh, based on the facts and logic you know that's that's why I'm I I usually mm -hmm. uh, think so what are your feelings right now towards Putin and the people who support him. Um, yeah, I, I have that attitude that 
I don't uh, saying that these people are good or bad. I'm just saying that they are sick. And uh, I, uh, my view on all of that is actually not to try to, you know, to convince the world that th these people are bad, but just convince uh, the, the, the world that these people are sick and should be treated as a sick people, you know? We need to think what we're going to do and what, how we can, uh, you know, um, uh, tackle with, with, that, um, with that illness, you know? We, we, we need to think about that. And, yeah. Yeah. That's... and what are the symptoms and signs of their illness? Uh, how do you know they're sick? Mostly, I know that they are sick if uh, they are illogical in their in their thinking because i can when i debating with the people on the internet i can uh, find uh, the logical mistakes and i usually show these mistakes to people and just people they stop talking to me often <laughs> just the, the 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 most often uh, way they just don't you know don't try to explain because they uh, you know they 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 see uh, properly that just this is can cannot be combined together they just there's just weird way of thinking and they just okay i, I just decided to stop the conver uh, they just stop conversation just but i hope they that they will change their mind if they see this uh logical mistakes in their way of thinking because propaganda cannot be logical there are some gaps in, in that so peter would you feel comfortable sharing one of those illogical thoughts that you have encountered mm, um yeah one of that for example uh it's very easy one is actually if i ask people uh is crimea uh, well, I mean, who owns Crimea? And uh, they usually, a lot of Russians that are you know, not like uh, brainwashed by the, by the propaganda, they still don't know. And they are saying that it's like Crimea is uh, Crimeans. Like people who live in Crimea, they, they decide about the Crimea. And that's why I'm asking these people uh, then who owns the Moscow? Uh, people that are living on Moscow, in a Moscow and they can decide what to do with, with the city or there is some, some kind of government and there's like the country and, uh, and all of that. It's, it's not only about the people that are living in that territories. And, that's, uh, and they, they, they can't answer that question, um, some of them. Some of them are trying to answer and then still find some uh logical mistakes in their way of thinking uh, but yeah they uh, some of the people just don't realize that borders actually matters that's not only about the people that living in that territory i cannot uh yeah that's 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 uh the the main idea is that i'm trying to explain people if mm -hmm. uh, countries agreed on the borders uh it should stay uh, as they agreed because it'll be a lot of problems if one country decides to change the borders and uh, uh, yeah. Are there any other thoughts you would like to share before we end our conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
the, the, the only thought that I wanted to share is don't actually, for the people that are not uh, in Ukraine and Russia, they don't really understand that situation that, that, that good. And that's why some of them may confidently think that it's only, only Putin, Putin doing all that, you know. But it's really important to understand that there are a lot of uh, Russians' influence on all of that, and there are a lot of uh, uh, support from the Russians. And uh, um, historically, it's uh, for people to understand what's going on right now. They need to know some some things uh, related to the history of Ukraine and Russia to really understand uh, what's happening under the hood and not to be that confident in the uh, in the in the statements that are usually they the people usually use that only blame Putin that kind of stuff my my thought is actually to um, a lot of Russians, as same as me, uh, want to have Russia as a real democracy, you know, not like an authoritarian country. Because, uh, you know, um, it's kind of dangerous to have the authoritarian country, especially close to your border, if, if you're talking about Ukraine. And uh, we need to make Russia a democracy. And maybe we cannot make the whole Russia democracy. Maybe Russia should should collapse or something to small pieces and some of them. And these pieces will be like a small democratic countries. Uh, maybe. So basically, I, I just want to say that uh, we need to uh, make Russia as a country, a democracy. And maybe the way of doing that is to actually uh, like destroy everything and build from from the very beginning i don't know how, how but i'm don't I, by destroying i don't mean you know that we need to bomb or something that's that's not not the way i'm thinking but we need to um to make people uh start from the blank paper you know that's that's what i'm thinking and uh, maybe sanctions maybe even the personal sanctions when we can when we saying that I won't listen, uh, uh, I won't watch Russian movies or listen Russian uh, songs and that kind of stuff. We'll just stop this cul uh, Russian culture from spreading, and maybe you'll you'll, you'll be able to to stop that somehow. Mm -hmm. So I, I I'm still thinking uh, on that, but um, the idea behind all of that is is that. Uh, Russians should start uh, from the blank paper. That's that's what 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 uh, what my thought is. They need to start the, from the blank paper and to build the build the real democracy. Uh. Right. All right. I I wish you the very best as you piece together your thoughts and put it in writing, and I Thank hope you. you find a very effective platform. Yeah, yeah, I would think about that. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you.